In late October, over 100 container ships floated in the waters outside of LA, waiting to unload at the dock. The global pandemic triggered sky-high consumer spending on manufactured goods as opposed to vacations or other services, so this bottleneck will persist, according to supply chain analysts like Laura Cesari. We're going to be facing shortages on the retail shelf, electric tools, home goods, computers and monitors for special clothing. Those goods are on those ships in the middle of the ocean. We'll have shortages for the holidays and then we'll have a glut of inventory because we will have unloaded those containers too late. Let's follow a single container. Uh, how about that one over there? Yeah, on its epic journey along the supply chain to find out where exactly things are breaking down. Since its invention in 1956, the modern container was a game changer for the shipping industry. You can't talk about supply chain without talking about containers. According to some estimates, 95% of manufactured goods now move across the world on shipping containers. A container allows the shipper to transport a box from a rail car or a trucker onto a ship and then to take the box off the ship onto a rail car or a truck and move it without opening the container and without disturbing the goods, which helps us eliminate theft and damage. Welcome to the port of Shanghai, China, the busiest port in the world, where our container... No, 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 the one on the right. Yes, that's the one. Good old C18327772521 is one of over 30 million 20-foot containers moved through this port annually. Our container is loaded onto a truck and travels to a manufacturing center in Wangzhou, China, to be loaded up by a forklift with 3,500 pairs of shoes, part of a big order for Walmart in the United States. The containers are loaded at a manufacturing site and then they're sealed, which basically says that it has been prepared for shipping. With its Passage to Long Beach, California booked, our container is sent back to the port of Shanghai where it is moved to the dock and onto its designated ship. There's our container being moved onto the ship by a robot crane. They're very sophisticated. They're the most sophisticated in Europe, more sophisticated in Asia than in North America. The North American shipping industry has been resistant to move to high automation of the cranes. Our container is now ready to cross the Pacific Ocean, the next phase of its long journey to a Walmart in Chicago. A large retailer might have a purchase order that will cover multiple containers. I've seen a single purchase order for Walmart cover 50 different containers. Our container will spend 20 to 30 days at sea, stacked alongside 15,000 other shipping containers. To carry a supersized load, you need a supersized ship. To cut costs, shipping vessels have become a lot bigger over the past few years, and that means they take a lot more time to unload. Many smaller ports can't handle these big boys, putting pressure on large ports like LA that are already struggling to handle the spike in demand caused by pandemic consumer spending patterns, which are centered on imported goods. When you have this much volume, you have a black hole in the supply chain and you don't know necessarily what's on each container. And the issue is that containers don't have authoritative identifiers. So while you'll go to the grocery store and you'll buy a pack of gum and scan it, it has a unique identifier. A container will have a number, but you've got to see the number and it's hard to see the number on the ship. Also, the numbers may not be intact. After a month at sea, our shipping container comes within view of the port of Long Beach. Together with LA, these sister ports handle 40% of America's inbound sea freight. And traffic is way up because consumers still rattled by the pandemic keep spending their money on manufactured goods. 
The satellite image for the ports in Southern California show upwards of 100 container ships at sea. Most of them are waiting 10, 15, 20 days, and they're just sitting out, waiting their queue, waiting to be called. If the ocean container carrying ships are not given a spot on the dock, they just sit and wait. And one of the issues is sometimes they can experience weather. And when weather happens, some of the containers fall off the ships and they fall into the ocean. One to five percent of containers will actually fall into the ocean. The containers that fall off the ships will basically bob in the ocean. Sometimes, you know, the goods will get wet and sometimes they won't. More than 3,000 containers went overboard in 2021. But our container survived the two-week wait and its ship finally pulls up to the dock. Then the longshoremen, using cranes, start to unload the containers one at a time. Our container goes onto a chassis that's being pulled by a trucker with a cab to be moved to an inland hub, a process which is known as drayage. The drayage piece of the supply chain is long. It can be a day, a day and a half, two days. So why does it take that long to move our container essentially a half mile? The United States ports are some of the most inefficient ports in the world. If we want to look at port efficiency, we should go to Europe and look at the work that Maersk is doing in Rotterdam or the port of Antwerp. Those ports have been invested in and they're streamlined and much higher visibility, less variability than what we have in the United States. Ports in America aren't centrally managed or maintained by governments the way highways are. They're often owned by a mishmash of private terminal operators. There is no centralized control tower or signal to be able to synchronize all of these pieces to be able to align for the supply chain. Lack of centralized coordination at the port is really obvious when it comes to trucking. There are over 100,000 chassis in Long Beach and LA alone. Many of those chassis are not functional and they're not enough. And the lack of really good facilities for the truckers to get to the chassis and get to the docks. We don't have good synchronization of the truck drivers to the docks. The drayage trucker carrying our container has a very small cab designed for quick turns in the tight spaces at port. To get to a distribution center, we will need a bigger truck to pick up our container from the inland yard and take the long haul across the country. If we are transporting goods from Long Beach to Walmart, it'll be five to seven days on the road for the truck driver. When the container gets to a distribution center, receivers look at the number of the container, match it to the paperwork they have. It will then be unloaded, put onto belts, and sorted. The turnaround in a Walmart distribution center, if those goods are needed at retail, is 10 to 24 hours. It's quick. Sometimes the supply chain doesn't work very well. Either the Walmart distribution center might be full or the demand at the store changes significantly. So the container could be moved directly to the store from either the distribution center to basically wait for unloading when the store is ready for it. You may see containers on chassis or containers on parking lots waiting to be unloaded at the store itself. But in the case of our container, it is then moved by rail empty to an inland yard by train stacked onto a chassis at the port and hopefully placed onto a ship back to Asia soon. But that could take weeks or months. But because of the pressures on the ports, 
many of those empty containers are sitting on chassis in those inland rail yards, and that's twofold of an issue. One, because it's tying up chassis, and the second is we need to get those empty containers back to Asia to complete the route. Many truckers are having trouble returning empties, so you see a lot of truck drivers are just dropping empty containers and chassis, which is becoming a nuisance for a lot of the areas around the ports. So how do we fix this mess and keep the containers moving? We need to think about how do we resolve the chassis issue. We need to invest how we move goods chassis free. We basically unload through the cranes onto something like Hyperloop to be able to move those containers inland in these areas in California where land is so premium and it's just not available near the port because it's landlocked into the inland hubs so that the drivers don't have to deal with the Southern California traffic problems. So investigating how we could move containers without chassis should be a high priority and investment there. So after a three-month journey across the globe, our box comes back home to China to begin the supply chain cycle again.